What's up, everybody? I'm back again with another episode of Ask Chad Grassy Logic. This is actually the last episode of season one before we head into season two, take a little break for the holidays. Um, and I have a special episode and a bunch of special guests with me today. And um, I won't take up the room. I'll let them all introduce themselves. Uh, we got the gents from High Times and Fusion over here. So guys, please, uh, thank you for joining me and go ahead and uh, introduce yourselves. Yeah, I'm Joey. Um, work on the Cannabis Cup team for the last five, six years doing everything from side ops to VIP land. And now we're back in New Mexico coming up this weekend. Super excited. Um, doing the first in-person event since COVID. So yeah, excited to be back. That's me. Yeah. First event, bringing it to New Mexico only. You guys are very special. We'll talk about that in a bit, but uh, yeah, Mark Kaz or Kaz, you guys call me whatever is more memorable. And Joey and I run all the high times cannabis cup competitions so just going state to state, identifying and awarding all the best brands and products because Lord knows that people are busting their ass to make great product. And we want to really figure out who has the best and let the world know about that. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. And it comes with the bragging rights, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, my name is Julio. I'm with Fusion Promotions, Vice President of Fusion Promotions uh, here in New Mexico. And uh, we're the team that's been working with CAS and High Times for the better part of five years or so to make this thing happen. And... Uh, so super excited to be the first live show uh, back in the States and uh, looking to show New Mexico a good time December 9th. Awesome. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm looking forward to being there myself. I've always wanted to attend a high times cannabis cup, you know, and now is the opportunity. So I appreciate oh, yeah. you guys bringing it down here to New Mexico, the first one in person since, you know, pretty much COVID happened. And uh, yeah, we do feel special and fuzzy inside. So don't worry, Kaz, you know, we can talk more about that here in a little bit. Um, so thank you all again for joining me. Uh, and thank you all for watching this first season. It's been great. We're what? Episode 42. Um, and then we'll be back in January. We'll kick off season two. Um, real quick, I want to thank um, uh, Adam's Radio Group for just allowing me to be uh, on this podcast and producing it for me. I want to thank all the salespeople that, you know, have been working hard trying to get dispensaries in so we can get some advertising going for them. Um, and I want to thank, um, you know, Lindsay, the um, GM of the studio. She's great. She's been helping me. And of course, Gino, my producer, um, doing the work every week grinding he's here with me in the trenches so i thank you so much and thanks for this great first season man we've learned a lot so uh and thank you guys for being here for this um this special you know episode so we're gonna jump right into it and we're actually gonna talk about high times um and you guys actually do a lot in the cannabis scene and not just in the cannabis scene i'll ask that more later but you guys do a lot and for those of my listeners who don't know, because some of you are new, too young, et cetera, um, High Times has been around since uh, the early to mid 70s. Um, you know, it, it really has been one of those sources of information that all cannabis users have really um, jumped to through the years. And, you know, you guys are still here to today. Um, so what are some things you can tell me about, you know, High Times, you know, maybe some historical stuff um, that you know? Yeah, I can take this one. Um, so yeah, High Times was started in the underground basement of Tom Forsad in New York City as a newspaper kind of syndicate, all about counterculture, you know, fuck the man, all these rules, the war against drugs. Um, and even the first cover, uh, you know, actually, before I even get that, it was essentially just a newspaper, you know, being passed around amongst the the people of the underground culture there. And it was literally just, you know, education and politics and science about what cannabis is, but also more things, psychedelics, psilocybin, you know, LSD, quaaludes, everything under the sun, 
High Times was counterculture and promoting that to the world. And it caught on. People loved it. It started to get more issues printed, more circulation. So just more people wanting this. So they created High Times Magazine as a real magazine. First cover, 1974, with a girl holding a mushroom about to eat it. So certainly focusing on more than just cannabis. Um, And it just exploded. So all things, you know, how to grow weed in your basement, how to find the best seeds or or buds on the market. They had, you know, stock tickers essentially uh, showcasing what the, 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 the value or prices were of cannabis uh, in different areas of the world. Um, and all things, you know, that any cannabis consumer would want to read. That's That was the demographic. That was the, the quality content that High Times has been putting out since 1974. And then moving along into the 80s, uh, they started the Cannabis Cup competition. So Battle of the Buds. In Amsterdam, who's got the best weed? People from all over the world would come with their seeds or their fresh flower. And it was, you know, no brands, no labels, no nothing. Just straight weed in a bag. Who's got the best stuff? Let's all huddle up in a house in Amsterdam, smoke out for a week, testing each one and determining who the winner is. Um, And that really took, you know, took hold on a lot of different, you know, industry heads. Uh, More people wanted that. So in the 2000s, they brought the cannabis cup, you know, international. So bringing it all across the United States, bringing it into Jamaica, um, you know, more territories where, you know, people were growing cannabis, you know, whether whatever market you want to call it under, yeah. we're operating, they were doing their thing and kind of doing it in the shadows. So the cannabis cup was one of the only ways to put a little bit of a spotlight, not too much of a spotlight, but a little bit of a spotlight on these people who are, you know, in the shadows, busting their ass to create some of the best products, whether it's for, you know, medical patients or just adult users not that there was even any classifications of that of any kind during that time but yeah bringing this to the world and showcasing who's got the best uh products across the country so yeah been around for coming up on 50 years now it'll be our 50 year anniversary next year um so a lot going on a lot of history and uh, hopefully a lot more uh, future uh you know future times to come yeah, definitely. Future high times. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And this this, this question is uh, really for uh, Kaz and Joey. How long have you both been in the cannabis industry? Joey, take it away. You're on mute. You're on mute, Joe. Oh, take it uh, on mute. Yeah. There we go. Uh, now we can hear you. Been in there about 12 years now. Um, seven on the legal side, the rest on the legacy side that through high school and there. having fun, you know? <laughs> right, yeah. Nice, man. So you've been around for a hot minute. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And I piggyback off of his uh, immense experience and weed nerd knowledge. Um, but I've only been with uh, in the cannabis industry for six years now. So all with high times, you know, came from uh, the talent agency world where we were, we were booking musicians and comedians on tour. And we sold a lot of talent to high times for the festivals. Mm-hmm. So I got close with that team and they brought me over. And uh, yeah, coming up on six years now. Nice. And, and um, Damien, how long have you been, you know, doing the promotional stuff? Uh, well, Julio, actually. Um, Julio, I'm sorry. Uh, been, sorry. No, it's fine. It's, it's fine. It's fine. Um, <laughs> promotion wise, me and Damien have been doing promotions for going on 20 years now. Uh, background is radio. Uh, I've been on the radio here in New Mexico, Florida, Texas, you know, all over the country. And uh, me and me and Damien have really taken that experience and used it to our advantage and started putting on live shows and done a lot of live shows here throughout New Mexico from hip hop radio shows to club shows to large, you know, EDM, um, electronic techno dance party shows. So had the full kind of gamut of what we do. 
Um, but I've had my eye on Cannabis Cup since uh, since I went to the Denver show in 2016 and came back and was like, yeah, we need this in New Mexico. And so since around 2018, Damien and I have been just kind of, you know, in conversation with high times of how we could make this happen and what made sense for the market. And then, you know, people's choice came around. And uh, so we decided to make that, you know, the first shot at New Mexico and high times doing something together. Nice, man. You know, I'm glad you guys were able to make this happen. You know, some great things take a long time to happen. So, yes, absolutely. You know, I'm glad it finally did. So maybe we can make these happen more. And, you know, I've been trying to push the state to really change the laws so we can have more open consumption, you know, public consumption kind of stuff, you know, make it easier for these events to kind of occur. Um, so that's something in the works. Um, but it might take a couple of years because this next coming um, legislative session is only 30 days. Um, New Mexico is kind of weird in that sense. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, maybe we will one day. We, we can just. I don't know, have a whole huge park and just, you know, have a big old event. There. Soon enough. Just Soon enough. With concerts and drinking alcohol, we would love the same opportunity for cannabis. Right. Oh, exactly. And that's the same thing I try to tell people all the time. Don't put us back in the basements, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just got out. Don't put us back in. Um, so, but yeah, thank you guys for sharing that. You know, I was just curious, you know, because all of you bring, you know, your own talents, your own backgrounds and your own experiences. And so that, you know, kind of leads up to this and that's great. Um, so how has the ever like changing cannabis industry really molded high times the, like to the company that it is today? You know, that is a, an interesting question. A lot of different answers or comments, but yeah, you know, I think as the industry changes, there's, there's less people looking for certain advice on like home grow because a lot of people are being, you know, licensed and commercial grow spaces. So they're seeking it, not just from high times, but you know, more, more commercially ran um, growers, um, you know, for example, Joey has, has a ton of experience in running some commercial grows. So people on his level, they're not necessarily going to high times, uh, you know, for some home grow uh, guidance, but, you know, looking at some more, more larger scale uh, cannabis cultivation operations. Um, and yeah, I think it's just, you know, as as the industry changes, we're always watching it and we're covering what's happening. So, all right, more MSOs coming into the marketplace. What does that mean? How does that affect the home growers? How does that affect caregivers? You know, laws are passed, new states come online. Every change that happens within the industry, High Times is there to cover it. We have an amazing team of editorial staff that is putting their keeping their finger on the pulse of everything that's happening. Um, and then, you know, for the Canvas Cup events and competitions, it's become a lot more challenging to run these events. You know, there's a lot of loopholes you have to jump, jump through. There's a lot of compliance, you know, approvals that we need to get. And you can't always just throw an event and say, yeah, cool. We're having a bunch of cannabis brands. Those brands have to be properly licensed. They have to get approval from the state to be, you know, out of their, their main facilities and have cannabis on site or consumption on site, which is a full, you know, process that not a lot of states even approve. You know, New Mexico doesn't approve cannabis uh, consumption events. Uh, or sales events. So this event, although a high times event, it's not a consumption event. It's not a sales event. Um, you know, we can't, we have security that will help enforce, you know, not non-smoking, but obviously there's hundreds of thousands of, or thousands of people there and we can only do our best to, to limit that. So you'll probably say a little bit of smoke, but we are not advertising as an, as an event or encouraging it. And you might be asked to, to put your joints out. Um, so a lot of things related to, you know, just the coverage of the industry itself and the changing times. And then also as we put on events and competitions, molding our processes and logistics to match regulations, because we're not going to risk our name. We don't want to risk 
you know, anybody else of our partners' names or licenses because they've worked very hard to get that and jump through hoops. So we want to make sure that we're following the letter of the law, even though that does restrict us, even though that does minimize the amount of people that we can work with because, you know, by all means, do we want to work with the home growers because sometimes they're making some of the best craft cannabis? Yes. But are they licensed to participate in a cannabis cup? Unfortunately not. And we can't properly give that to a dispensary that then gives that to one of our cannabis cup judges in a legal or compliant or healthy uh, or safe, safe manner. So yeah. as the industry changes, we have to watch it. We keep a pulse on it. Luckily we have great partners like fusion who has great, you know, connections to the you know local governing body and the lawyers that deal with the local local governing body to help us get some of these things approved so that we can continue to operate. So you know, the more cannabis becomes legal, the more you guys have to stay within those legal laws too, because it's like, all right, now they're legal. That means we do too. So yeah, that's, that's kind of interesting how, you know, it's almost like a double-edged sword. It's great, but it's also like, oh, it's a pain in the ass now. You know, so yeah. that, that, that's, that's really interesting to hear. You know, I never really thought about that perspective. So thank you for sharing that to me because, you know, you don't always think about the perspective of that side. You're just like, oh, yeah, it's high times. They're down with whatever, you know, but, you know, you guys have laws and stuff that you have to follow to. No one wants to get sued and lose millions of dollars, um, you know, so that's understandable at the end of the day. And that's one thing that I try to remind people. I'm like, guys, we're past the it's stoner time. You know, we have to show people that this is a legit business. We're here for serious business. And, you know, this is a legitimate industry. Um, so, exactly. you know, that's one thing that I really try to push people, in, especially on this show. Um, you know, I try to show people, hey, this is the right way. Because even the, the CCD here in New Mexico, they actually reached out because we've been having a lot of events. And there's a lot of dumb stuff that was going on during that. And it, I, I myself saw it. And I was like, hey, guys, you should probably chill out on that. Well, they put out a letter saying, you know, hey, um, we know the consumption's going on. Um, it's mostly illegal, but this is the legal way you do it. And so they actually told us how to legally consume cannabis, either publicly or within a building. And they right. told us it either has to be a designated smoking area. That's what the law allows, which it does. Um, so as long as the designated smoking area, you can have cannabis or tobacco there, or if it's a standalone building that isn't going to infiltrate the other buildings, um, windows, front door, or their, uh, ventilation systems. And so that's the other caveat. And then they want it to be a reasonable distance uh, from the building. I looked that up and it just doesn't give you a footage. There could be city ordinances on that, but I'm not too sure. But they at least gave us um, a route where we can actually do this legally, have these events. But, you know, there's a little little gray areas that we have to kind of clean up to make sure we do right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. 100%. So you guys understand. I mean, I'm... I'm, I'm preaching to the choir on that one it's just it was great to see that you know the regulatory um entity is actually reaching out and being supportive in that sense like hey y'all are fucking up but this is the legal way to do it we need though is we need our regulators to work with us yes. to kind of progress everything like we're not all criminals anymore like yeah we've done criminal shit to get by because we were trying to do meds that they made illegal at the end of the day, we still want to work with them so we can progress everything. If they want to have a great tax industry and taxing on all of our products, let us host these events so they can get more tax money. Yes. Like it's a benefit to everyone. You see that there's less crashes, less fights, less criminal activity happening at a cannabis sanctioned event than there are at concerts and alcohol driven kind of fueled stuff. So like I think regulators need to start working with us more because it's safer for public. Um, yes. And it's been proven time and time again. 
Yes. Another reason, you know, that we want to do this, you know, as Fusion, you know, with a reputable name like High Times, there's a lot of competition and cups and, you know, whatever kind of hash parties around the state, but none of those are really regulated. None of those are really legal, if if we're being honest. And at the same time, you know, I don't want to see the industry take a hit because we're doing these backyard events and then it stops us from able to do events like this with High Times. Yeah. Um, so it was a big, you know, important part of why me and Damien brought this, you know, on a national, international level with some reputable people, you know, as in high times to add some validity to the market and say, look, we're doing this. We, we want to validate those that are doing it correctly and encourage um, that kind of behavior in the industry so that this industry could continue to thrive and grow. And then we can have those consumption events and do the things that we've talked about. But uh, for us, there had to be a starting point, and um, mm-hmm. we we're excited that this happened to be the jump-off point for us. Hundred percent, and yeah, yeah, we'll get there. You know, and I looked up in the state how hard it is for like the wine festivals to get you know those producers, and all they do is verify they have a license, and that's about it. So you know, if we could do some something similar for cannabis, um, I think that would help us out because I, I looked at that process and I was like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. And like they're pouring wine like fountains over there. Exactly. So, you know, it's it's not like it's, you know, responsible consuming by any any means. Um, So, yeah, I I agree. And and it's going to take time. And this is a start, like we said. And yeah, those underground ones, I I see a lot of those the people who run them and and I talk to them and know them. And, you know, a lot of them are kind of like, ah, this might be the last one we're doing because, you know, the the state actually knows about the sales and everything that goes on at the illegal events. They actually know about it. And I found out through a source. Um, and so I had to let them know, guys, they know we're going to have, you're going to have to stop. Um, Regulators, so, please give us a way to maintain this point of sale system and we'll, we should abide by it. I, yes. if they give us that opportunity to, we'll take that opportunity to make it happen. 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what I keep telling them too. And like I said, you know, the legislative session's coming up and the, our legislators here actually understand that and want to give us a route. It's just it's really hard when it comes to the legislature. You know, there's not everybody's always on board. So I think that's one of the issues here. I think next year will be our better bet because we'll have a 60 day session. Um, right. Odd years in New Mexico are 60 day sessions. And I, that's usually when we can get stuff passed. This year, we'll probably be able to maybe change the taxes on the cannabis. But it's a starting point to get the conversation going, you know, through the whole year. Yeah, absolutely. Heck, yeah. Um, well, let's continue the conversation. I mean, these are great points that you guys bring up too. But what's one thing that you guys haven't seen changed in the cannabis landscape with the change of technology and just, you know, through time and even, you know, with legalization kicking on around the nation? I think like banking and ad space um, okay. is a huge aspect that the cannabis industry needs. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's even through social platforms, allowing it to be on their platforms. I think with the technology space, we need to be embracing it more. They embrace alcohol. You'll see in Super Bowl in two months, they'll be advertising all these alcohol brands. Alcohol kills 140,000 people a year uh, globally. And compared to cannabis, there's very little deaths attributed to it. We are starting to see more um, deaths attributed to cannabis within allergies and asthma attacks. Like there is a real danger to it. It is a plant. It is a thing that people can be allergic to so it just needs to be known that way it's not just no deaths are occurred to cannabis now at this point um and i think just the ad space and like internet technology needs to allow us to um operate like a normal business that they allow for anything else i think that's where the biggest problem is is 
we are still so segregated and treated as criminals, treated as this, such a bad thing um, that we need to actually become a legalized product. Remember, nowhere in the United States is this legal. We are only just taxed and regulated. Yes. We are not legal by any means. It's still federally illegal. So you still have a bunch of police officers or people in the federal um, workspace that are not allowed to consume cannabis, but they're still allowed to consume opiates and fentanyl and everything because that's fine to the federal government. Um, but I think we need to be allowed um, to just process as a normal company. Yeah, the over the over governing uh, on a state level is you know tremendous, and on a federal level, it's ridiculous. Uh, to Joey's point, you know, there's hundreds of thousands of accidents alone a year, every month, probably in the in the in the country due to alcohol, and the same can't be said about cannabis. But yet, we can't get a legal bank account. You know, we uh, we have to jump through all these loopholes, like he's talking about for internet and social and stuff, where. It's not that we're illegal, but because the federal law hasn't changed and we're still looked at as a schedule one narcotic, a lot of banking industries or anything that's backed by the, you know, the federal government, they're very gun shy about even speaking towards cannabis because they don't want to be made an example of. And really that old reefer madness stigma needs, needs to go away. I mean, this isn't 1950 anymore. Uh, there's plenty of people out there that are doing great business uh, with cannabis, well on cannabis, so on and so forth. And um, I, I think the slowly but surely as states turn online, um, it's forcing the federal government to change their, their, their position on cannabis. Um, and that's why you see a lot of talk about rescheduling the narcotic from a one to a schedule three. You also see a lot about the federal banking act in play. Um, so it's not to say that these people in the federal government don't see it either and don't want the same thing. It's more about uh, turning each state, I think, individually, that really is going to force the country to make a decision. So I, I feel strongly that one of these next presidential candidates is going to have to make a choice on which way this country is going to go when it comes to cannabis. I agree. Cause you know, we have, you know, it's pretty much on the DEA's hands right now on, you know, where it's going to go. And mm -hmm. once we get that ruling, which, you know, I've told people this, it's very rare that one government entity goes against another entity, uh, government entity's recommendations. And right. so, I mean, I, I keep telling people, I don't want it, but we're probably going to be stuck with schedule three and you it's know, probably going to yeah. be ready for that. I agree, but it'll help. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a big step forward in this whole, War on drugs, which we all know is a bunch of BS. That is just, you know, it, and, and, and even more so uh, when it comes to do with cannabis, right? Yes. Uh, there is a real drug problem. There's a real narcotic problem in the country, but cannabis isn't a part of that. No, no. It's and this never whole been a part of that equation. Yeah, this whole gateway drug scenario that they've been selling for the last 30 or 40 years is is slowly starting to diminish, I feel, with states turning on. And you have more professional adults in a professional setting interacting with cannabis and still being able to function and do their job, live their lives, uh, so on and so forth. So I think it's a lot of show and prove, but uh, we still got a big road ahead of us, I believe. Right. I don't know about you guys, but do you think about all the dare bullshit that they taught us back in the day and you laugh Man. at it now? I, I like still got my I don't know who's giving out these free drugs around Halloween because <laughs> I'm just going to go to their house. Like, why Where are these again? Right? <laughs> right. What house is giving out drugs on Halloween? I mean, for a yeah. Yeah. friend. Put them on, put <laughs> them on my list. Drugs, accept them. They're, they're expensive <laughs> nowadays, you know? Right, right, right. right.
people just don't give them away for free, man. You know, if you get that lucky, take it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, but yeah. Um, well, speaking about technology, you know, how has like High Times and, you know, you guys yourselves, you know, really kept up with it? Because, you know, I've noticed that you guys have changed, but, you know, what are some other ways that you've implemented, you know? Yes. Yeah, I think, you know, first and foremost, uh, you know, speaking with the cannabis competitions, there has been, you know, before the the cannabis competitions were very analog and very small in terms of the actual competition portion of it. The festivals were always huge, no doubt, but the actual competition was about 200 judges within one entire state. Wow. And those were all like friends of friends and there wasn't a lot of distribution for these judge kits across the entire state you know we're we're here if we did it in la you got to be la local and you got to come pick this up yourself and that's that um and the award show was announced at a physical event where you had to be at that event there's really no other way that you could watch the award show yeah after the pandemic hit and you know technology took even more hold you know people were doing zoom calls people were watching content online people doing concerts from their their you know their office uh, we took that same stride and we actually got a ton of feedback from people who were saying like, I want to be a judge. No, I'm not in Los Angeles. No, I'm not in, you know, Denver, Colorado, but I'm on the outskirts. I'm over here and my palate matters. My opinion matters. How do I be a judge? Like I will pay to be a judge. So pandemic hit, we got all this feedback literally at the same time. It was the perfect kind of brewing of this new idea called the cannabis cup people's choice. Mm -hmm. And we, we started that new model uh, once the pandemic hit. So it democratized. Uh -huh. Uh, the judging uh, platform. It democratizes the judging population. Instead of 200 judges, we now do 2,000 judges per state, and we're actively distributing those kits all across the entire state. So when we, yeah. you know, when we did New Mexico, we have it from Las Cruces, you know, from all from all, down south to top north to all, east to west. Yeah. If you want want to get a judge kit, you will have less than an hour drive to be able to get one of these judge kits. Most likely, mm -hmm. uh, we even had some in Roswell, which is where we worked for two weeks straight on these kits. Um, so much bigger, we are including more people. It's no longer like a paper, um, you know, judging forum. We do it online on a high times judging portal. Um, so just bring a little bit of tech to there, which I think there's a lot more room for improvement on that as well, which we're gonna be working on. And then the award show is has been announced since there's been no events, digitally online over the, you know, over the internet where anybody uh, across the entire world can, can watch it for free. So that just opened up the demographic or the population of people who can watch the award show, which has been really great for, for all of our partners involved, because nowadays there's a lot of companies that are, are not just in one state. They want their audience to be, they want their brand to be seen by audiences in other states and then want to get feedback from those people so that they can enter into new states or evaluate, you know, what they want to do as they expand their business. Um, so that's a little bit on, on that part. And then, yeah, I think, you know, We've expanded the the magazine into a digital magazine as well. So a lot of pe more people don't have to go and, you know, pick it up at Barnes and Noble or wherever else. They can get a subscription online and, and be able to see the the beautiful editorial, um, you know, that we put out there. So that's been good. And a lot more that I probably don't have at the top of my head that it might not be in my own department that we've, you know, certainly uh, activated, you know, in, in terms of dispenser as we have dispensaries in California, new ways for people to engage with our dispensary and find our menus, you know, online ordering has, has come into place over the past, you know, five, so years for us. Um, and I think that's all I got for that. That was a lot. <laughs> no, you guys have adapted very well and you've listened to, 
you know, your, your customer base essentially. And, you know, you, you've really gone in the direction that they wanted to. And, you know, a lot of companies don't do that. Um, and so that, that's kind of relieving to hear, you know, someone actually does listen to what people say, regardless of what other people may say that, you know, it, that, which could be the minority that don't like it. Because a lot of the times that's what I see. The loud ones are sometimes the minority um, just because they dislike it so much. You yeah. Know? yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, the majority, of you, if you talk to most people, like, oh, no, I like it because of this and this or because of the ease of this. Like, I like really watching your guys' Instagram because it's a, a I get a lot of information from it. You know, it's an, it's a formal. Yeah. And, and to your point, look, we're going to have a lot of naysayers, and a lot of haters. You know, when I joined high time six years ago, my first week I had people, you know, claiming this, that, or the other, or hating on, you know, what I'm doing or what my company is doing or whatever else. And I think, you know, as I talk to a lot of other people at other companies, you don't really see, you know, you don't hear the hatred or whatever, you know, or, or the naysayers until you're working for that company. Um, so we experienced it, you know, firsthand as soon as I joined. And yes, a lot of the people who are are naysayers or haters, they don't have the full picture. They're not, a, you know, they haven't spoken to me or to Joey or to Julio or to Damien or anybody else who's involved with this event or other projects. Um, and it's a lot of, you know, for the competition specifically, it's a lot of sore losers who, you know, claim that something is rigged or a sponsor won because they're a sponsor. When it has nothing to do with that, it is literally... This sponsor is a sponsor because they have a good business. They make great cannabis products and therefore are making good money off of that cannabis products and continuing to do business. So they have the funds and the resources and the staff to be able to be a sponsor. But it has, it has not and will not ever be, uh, at least under our watch, anything that would affect any scores of Cannabis Cup winners. We take full pride and integrity in that. I've even had some people try to bribe me with a lot of money in cash. Uh, behind a dispensary in a duffel bag to take home a trophy. And I was like, nah, I don't know what you think or what you've heard, but this will never happen. Keep your money, put your best product in, and we'll see if you get a trophy. Yeah, um, and I think that that went a long way for that group who has now continually worked with us for years and years because I think they respected that answer. And I want everybody else out there to hear that because there's a lot of, lot of rumors out there and a lot of naysayers. And look, yeah. we just want to – we want to run a good competition. We want to run it with integrity and transparency. And when we do these events, you know, yes, we have a lot of hurdles to jump through, but we jump through those hurdles and we have a lot of planning to do. And we do those pl that planning and we want to put together the best people of the community who want to come together and celebrate what everybody's done in the industry and not only celebrate what they've done in the industry for their own people and let everybody come in and see what this industry is, is doing, especially in New Mexico for this event. Yeah. And, and to that point, you know, Damien and I, you know, we've, like I said, I followed Cannabis Cup, you know, I was a magazine subscriber years ago. So it's, you know, I've been, you know, part of it since way back and to be able to see it come to America, you know, do what they did in Denver and these different competitions. I remember how hard it was to be a judge. I tried and I actually knew some people and it was hard as hell to get even any kind of affiliation with it. So when the cup changed and we went to the, this people's choice model, I, I, along with Damien, you know, Infusion, we thought it would be the perfect model to bring to the state because we definitely know how challenging New Mexico can be. We definitely know how, uh, you know, everybody out here has got a, a very strong opinion of, of their position in the cannabis world, as, you, as yeah. we say it. And um, we wanted to give them a chance to shine and do it properly. And even in doing that, you still find a lot of pushback. Right. You yeah. still find a lot of people who don't understand why we're doing it this way or to Mark's point, you know, oh, I could just pay for a cup and I'll get in, you know, this, that or the other. Um, this competition goes a long way in trying to air out some of those assumptions and let people understand that, no, this is legitimate. 
this is uh, done correctly. This is judged by the people. And I think, who knows, uh, come, uh, you know, December 9th, I think everybody's going to be surprised, including myself. You're like, who's going to win? Nobody knows. Right. We have no idea, you yeah. know, and, 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 and it's all up to the individual customers who went out and took time out of their lives to go buy a bag, stand in line, be a part of our community with high times and take part in this venture with us. So, you know, we definitely like to thank all of the people out there who t- stood in line, got a judge kit, went through all the BS and, and Q&A from friends and family, and God knows who else, about why are you doing this, to be a part of something unique and hopefully be a part of change. You know, uh, Fusion, you know, this is the first of many shows that we do, hopefully, and and working with high times. And I just anticipate year by year this getting better and better as some of these, you know, um, assumptions of what this is or what it could be or what they think it is kind of get put to bed and the community comes together to really uh, join in and be a part of these things. Definitely. And, so uh, it's a big know, part of education that we're delivering out December 9th too, right? It's a, it's a, it's a big show and prove that this can be done on a major scale in a major arena and done correctly and, yeah. you know, make everybody feel good about it. So um, there's a lot riding on it and it's, and it's been a, a big ask of everybody in New Mexico, but I'm excited for those that have uh, decided to partake and, and, and steadfast with us to, to see this through. So it's, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a good time. It's going to yeah, be great. We hope everybody who's listening shows up to this beautiful event. Yes. Yeah, I do too. I, I mean, I'm going myself. I've always wanted to go to a High Times Cup, you know, a cannabis cup. It's been like a dream. You know, like I was yeah. a teenager, you know, back in the days, like, oh, that looks cool as shit. Um, you know, so it, it's great to see that, you know, we're having it now here in New Mexico. You know, we were the first medical cannabis state back in the 70s. So it's great that you guys are starting the first in-person one again here in the state that actually started the medical cannabis movement. It's just, you know, California did it better years later. <laughs> um, so, yeah, thank you for the, all those points, guys. I mean, I really appreciate it and the explanations and everything. I'm sure some people have their assumptions about, you know, how this started, you know, the reason why it went that route. But I, I really appreciate you guys um, giving me that insight. One thing I did notice is that we're the only in-person event right now. Can you, you know, elaborate on that a little bit more? Don't get me wrong. We feel special. Yeah. Um, you can thank Julio and Damien. Julio? <laughs> Again, you know, um, big fan, big fan, been a fan forever and had been to all these events and, and, you know, got to partake in the small piece of the judging stuff in uh, 2016 and saw how cool that was and just saw to me how it kind of high times coming to the market on an international and national platform brings a lot of, I say, you know, legitimacy to the market. Um, and I think, you know, cause prior to that, everybody was so standoffish with cannabis, right? Yeah. So being able to do these type of events and, and do them on a, on a big grandiose level is, is really exposing the cannabis industry. I feel like to a broader audience in whichever city it might be in, um, and, and giving yet another way to maybe bring some people into this, this new community and, and make them feel good about it. Not, feel you know kind of under the gun for uh being a part of something that's been so highly legal for so long um and again in regards to local competitions and stuff that were going on in the state um you know i've known about them you know i've been to them and and, and those are all great you know no disrespect to any of those uh we just wanted to kind of do it on a bigger level and so we reached out to high times and uh we had something kind of going in you know late 2018 and then everything kind of changed uh, in, you know, within high times themselves and in the pandemic. And so we just stayed patient. Um, 
And then, you know, as things started on roll after pandemic, we got in touch with Kaz and he was happy to kind of see it through and, and get back to where we were and, and finally, you know, make this thing happen. So uh, it's really just been a lot of, uh, a lot of phone calls, emails, and just, just staying on top of it, man, to to make it happen. You know, Um, thanks, you know, to Kaz and Joey for being patient with Damien and I for blowing up phones for months, you know, and, you know, we go and let a couple of times, a little bit of time go by and then get right back on it, you know, and say, Hey, this is what we think, you know, we should do. And uh, Mark started the people's choice awards and it just was a perfect fit. So yeah, um, yeah it's, 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 it's great to finally see the dream and the, the, the idea finally come to fruition. No, hundred percent. dude. And it's, I can tell it's a lot of work and it's like your baby, which I mean, I, I don't blame you at all. You know, like it's something this big, you know, yeah. is, uh, is something to, to be proud of. So, yeah, I mean, I'm glad you guys stuck with it, stayed patient. Um, again, you guys, Kaz and Joey, you guys were patient. That Thank you for that, you know, because you brought us a live event here to New Mexico now. Um, and I think we appreciate that, too, here in New Mexico, because we are staff standoffish when it comes to outsiders. Um, and that's just the way our state has been. You know, I'm, I'm born and raised here, and I've seen it my whole life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we're standoffish, and, you know, we just have to be proven differently. And then, you know, our, our opinions change. So um, I'm looking forward to the event myself. Um, and before we move on and everything, where can people find the information on the event, how to get tickets, um, the whole nine yards on it right now? So everything can be found at CannabisCup.com. Uh, there's links there to all the tickets, Ticketmaster.com. If you go to Ticketmaster.com, just search uh, Cannabis Cup New Mexico, and it'll come up, Cannabis Cup Award Show, and you'll find it. You can search under any of the major artists like Red and Meth or Paul Wall, any of the artist names, and it'll come up again. Um, but all tickets are on Ticketmaster, and um, you know there's a lot of great sales out there. So if you follow High Time social media, follow Future Promotion social media, uh, the Hustle 1013 social media, uh, or any of one of our supporting uh, partners, you're going to see a lot of different ways to win tickets, uh, everything from tickets to meet greet passes to meet the artists. Um, and, uh, you know, trying to make sure that we give everybody a chance to be there. So, um, you know, there's there's definitely plenty of ways to to get tickets and still be a part of the show. Awesome. Yeah. And I'm, I'm thank you for that information, because I was one thing I wanted to make sure I asked. So. I don't get that question because I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You know, one thing I do want to clarify if we can real quick is the fact that this is, in fact, a concert award show. I've had a couple of calls of people thinking that we were doing more of an expo style thing where we're giving out the awards and people are signing autographs. And uh, quite to the contrary, this is a full fledged concert event with the award show happening about 90 minutes prior to the show. So okay. all the awards will be given out for the top 11 categories in New Mexico for each one of the respective winners. They'll come up, get their prestigious cannabis cup and be on their way to partying. And, uh, and then we'll, we'll move forward right into a full-fledged concert event. So I definitely wanted to make sure that that was clear for the people out there who thought, oh, well, this just sounds like a big smoking party or, yeah. you know, they're just going to give awards away. You know, what, what is this? And, and it, it is an actual concert event, you know, so yeah. come out and enjoy. There'll be a lot of vendors out there. There'll be tons of people from New Mexico for you to interact with and check out their products and learn about their companies. And then again, we'll give out the awards, the 11 awards, and we'll, we'll make quick time of that. And then right into a full fledged show for the rest of the night. So um, definitely want to make sure that people understand this is a full fledged concert event. Come out and party with us and then have some fun. And, and you know, be able to be there live in the building to c- congratulate the first place winners of the Cannabis Cup. Yeah, yeah. Red and Meth are one of my Joey. favorite rappers. 
You'll see Joey and I on stage hosting the award show, giving all the accolades out. We're going to bring some people on stage so they can cry in our arms as we as we hand over these beautiful Cannabis Cup trophies. Yeah, show it off there. There we go. Oh, the little, weird, little background, but boom. These things are new and improved from past few years. They're heavy. They're hefty. They're beautiful. Cannot wait to give these out on stage. And then, yeah, we have, we're going to have a cool photo booth where you can get your face on the High Times Magazine cover, um, which people have loved at some of our past events. And then, yeah, I think Julio mentioned it, but the Mr. Melty Land immersive experience, that'll be fun. Get trippy with it in there. Um, and yeah, just some fun vendors to interact with, hang out with, bring the community together, finally, to just celebrate the cannabis industry as a whole and enjoy in peace. Yes, yeah. absolutely. 100%. Um, awesome. Well, I appreciate you guys sharing that with me. And, you know, all this information of high times, the event. I'm excited. Red and Meth are one of my favorite, you know, rappers of all time, you know, growing up listening to him. Um, I didn't even know Paul Wall was going until the other day when I saw his post of him saying he was going. I was like, oh, well, that's cool as shit. Um, you know, I, I like Paul Wall, too. Um, so it's, it's great that these artists are going to be there. I get to see them live. I've never seen any of these guys live before. So it's going to be, a you know, a two for one uh, kind of situation for me. So I'm just kind of fanboying in that sense right now. Um, so I appreciate you gentlemen for making this um, happen for, you know, all us in the state yeah um, show you the world chad we can show you the world <laughs> please do <laughs> well um if you guys don't care i got one more topic before you guys head out if you guys want to chat about that one sure yeah, cool we'll blaze through this one um i really wanted to touch base on it because this one is actually near and dear to my heart because this has brought been brought up to me a few times proper product storage at the retail front I mean, Joey briefly kind of, you know, brushed this before the rest of you gents uh, joined us. Um, but here in New Mexico, we have an issue with people not storing certain things correctly. The hash rosins, uh, other hashes, the, the BHOs, um, even the um, hash holes. Um, they're being stored at room temperature. You know, they could bleed through, et cetera, et cetera. So I wanted to kind of just give some tips to the retailers how they can ensure that the cannabis that they get stays fresh. Because after cannabis is harvested, it starts to degrade very quickly. Even after you dry and cure it, it's still degrading as that's going on. Mm -hmm. THC turns into CBN. Terpenes leave the cannabis plant at a rapid rate, especially if it's not, you know, sealed correctly. You know, et cetera, et cetera. The list goes on. So, um, Joey, uh, what are I, I know you earlier? You're like, ooh, you know, you're <laughs> your hands. what are some what are some tips off the top of your head you can give some retailers? Um, um, here in New Mexico to ensure the product goes along. Um, so I don't think it's always just one sided, right? Um, mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of issues within transporting your product even That's um, true. so proper transportation to your retail partners and if you're a good retail partner give them the refrigerator buy yes. them the display refrigerator don't rely on them to produce your or to store your product properly give them the opportunity to create or give yourself the opportunity to display it in their retail partner say hey i want to give you a fridge to, because i care about my product and how it's displayed and stored in your store. So yes. buy them the $100 refrigerator. They're, I mean, you can find them very cheap. Get a display, wrap your refrigerator. You can spend $300 total, and you'll have a kick-ass refrigerator that is logoed out, everything. So my thing is just don't rely on the retail partners. Rely on yourselves. Just like as every grower through the legacy market, you never had to depend on other people. You do it yourself. Um, within packaging, transport, everything. So if it's a rosin, make sure it's transported cold. Then yes. make sure it's stored in a cooled area. If it's transported, make sure it's in a locked ice chest. Don't just put it in the car next to your flower. Like 
those are different temperature sets. So, yeah. I mean, I think it's, especially with the New Mexico summer, um, you got to be careful of all that. So yeah. it's more so just not on the retailers as well. But if a retailer actually does care how their product gets to the customer at the end of the day, they should take the extra step in buying those display fridges as well. Um, and it shows the customers caring. Um, I wish I had it, but there's even like um, producers in Michigan, one of our top producers called North Coast. They actually have a cool pack in their concentrate box. So it's just another level of their packaging that keeps their product cooler um, and it can transport better. They provide their dispensaries with little tiny cool bags um, that just regulate the temperature a little bit better as the customer can take their product home. So instead of relying on a dispensary exit bag, because especially with concentrates, if they're more viscous and everything, make sure that you give the dispensary a exit bag for your product that's compliant and then they can take it home. So it's not just the retailers that you need to be wary of. Like Walmart doesn't care how the products ship to you. They just yeah. give you the product, you know, like yeah. the um, producer should be the one actually caring more so than the retailers. 100%. Uh, and I work with the rosin company right now. And when we deliver product, it's in a cooler. It's, it's you know, Good. with, you know, an ice pack in there. We're ensuring mm -hmm. that they're getting that product um, as fresh as possible. You know, whatever happens after that is out of our hands, of course. Um, but that's one thing that I wanted to really touch base at. Yes, and you bring up really good points that even during transport, you want to ensure that, you know, you have the freshest product once it gets to its end destination. So mm -hmm. thank you for that. You know, that's one reason why I wanted to bring it up to you, gents, because I figured with the extensive knowledge and, you know, experience that you guys had, you'd have some really great, you know, tips for people here in New Mexico because we're still a, a, an emerging market. You know, we're still yeah. growing. Um, yeah, so I really appreciate that. Kaz, do you happen to have anything? I think Joey has the best answers for that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, 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 that's the dream scenario is yes, yes, it's coming in, you know, for things like rosin, it's coming from the producer cold, mm -hmm. the retailer is keeping it cold. It's going to the hands of the judges cold and the, and the judge actually puts it in, into a place that's, you know, preserved as well, but not all of that happens. Not all of that is even possible, mm -hmm. you know, just as Joey said. So it's, you know, how can vendors who really care about their products, provide the equipment or materials for the retailer to store that? And then how does the retailer really accentuate the fact, especially for people who aren't familiar that, hey, these concentrates, you know, when we do our concentrate uh, kits, it's upwards of 10 concentrates that we go through the time and effort to place them into boxes laid flat and put inside the, the, the judge totes laid flat. And all we can do is say, hey, retailer, when you receive this, keep it laid flat. When you hand it to the judge, tell them to keep it laid flat. Mm -hmm. Will they adhere to that? It is, it is always up to them and up to the judges um, and the education of the judges or any consumer, you know, not specific to the cannabis cups to know that, hey, I should be keeping this laid flat. I can't just like grab my bag and toss it into my backseat and see what happens and then bring it home and leave it on my couch. Like you got to take advantage, you got to take care of that stuff. And it's all down to, all comes down to education and just guidance from the people who really know. I, I will so. agree with that last time. I just, you know, Mark touched on it briefly, but you know, the customer, needs to be just as educated, right? If you're spending money on a Ferrari and you're keeping it outside in a hailstorm, then, you know, that's on you. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, it's, 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 you know, we could only do so much as a producer and as a retail establishment. Once that product makes it to your hand, it's up to that consumer to be educated about how to keep their products in the best pristine condition for them to enjoy when they partake, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I've seen people come in and buy the best uh, hash we have and they go out and keep it in their hot car all day. 
<laughs> you know, and it's like, dude, you, it's, it's, been, it's 110 degrees outside. And you got hash sitting on your dashboard. Yeah. Yeah. It's even hotter. Right. It's going to be what it is. Right. So yeah. with that being the case, you know, it's, it is, you know, back to the simplest form of education, understanding what you're buying, knowing what you're getting involved with so that you could have the best experience with it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. Because, you know, you're dealing with organic material regardless of, you know, what it is. You know, it's right. organic material. It's breaking down actively. As you hand it to the customer, it's still yep. breaking down. Yep. Um, it's still changing and morphing. It, it, as many things we can do to slow that process down to the end source where the customer can right. really consume it and get it at its full potential, we want to try to do that. And that's one thing I wanted to bring it up with you guys here too, is I want my, you know, my listeners to be educated. I want them to be educated consumers so they can not do these certain things. Like, you know, even flour, you know, storing your flour at a higher temperature isn't a good idea either. It's in the sunlight, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So even at the retailers, you know, you know, customers, uh, they need to understand that, you know, terpenes will get volatile about 74 degrees, 75 degrees and higher. Your terpenes start to get volatile, which means they're burning off, melting away. People think, oh, this smells so good. Well, that's actually your terpenes burning off if you don't have it in the right environment. You know, I'm sure it does smell good, but you're not enjoying the inhalation of that terpene by just smelling it in the air. We don't buy this stuff to use it as air freshener. We buy this stuff to use it as medicine. And that said, (laughs) make sure you're storing it correctly and, and, and partaking with it correctly. That way you can have the best experience with the cannabis products that you spend your hard earned money on. Yeah, 100%. Because, you know, you, you don't want to buy top shelf cannabis at a top shelf price, take it home, leave the jar open, leave it in a warm room. You know, they recommend anywhere from mm-hmm. 70 to, you know, um, 60 degrees to, for storing, you know, flower cannabis, you know, right. especially here in New Mexico, we do, we have packaged and we have um, deli style as well. Yeah. So the places that do do that, you might want to think about increasing your humidity. Mm-hmm. Um, inside of the whole building because you are losing, you know, every time you open that jar, you're losing something, yep. um, especially if it's, you know, sitting there at room temperature, just hanging out. Um, so, yeah, you, you bring up some really good points really on that as well. Uh, you know, th- th- there's so many things that go into it. And I wish we could talk about this all day, yeah, but right. I feel like we've given everybody some really good starting points on, you know, how to keep their cannabis stored, you know, uh, why to keep your cannabis stored in the first place. Some people don't even know. You know, they just like, oh, it's weed. You just you put it there. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, now you got oregano, um, you know, or they're, they're sitting there making hash in the jar, shaking it, trying to get it to smell better. And I'm like, oh, my God. So, you know, <laughs> I see that still at the dispensaries. And God, that that, that is one of the biggest thing that irks me. It's when That's I see why I don't like deli style. You're not going to buy deli style anymore. Yeah, 100%, dude. When I, I, I'm, I'm not a big fan of deli style myself for that reason. The fact that you're losing out on terpenes and people tend to shake the jar. You know, or the little nose hairs hair. that drop in there as they're sniffing the jar, you know? Oh, oh, yeah, <laughs> God, that's the worst. <laughs> so, yeah, but anyway, gentlemen, thank you so much again for joining me today. Um, the Cavs and Joey, they have to get off to a meeting or else, you know, we'd get on to the Sunland Park uh, town hall. I'm, I'm conducting some town halls, and actually I want to mention that uh, before we get off the last event I want to mention, of course, High Times Cannabis a Cup. But the day before, we're going to be having an um, industry sesh town hall meeting at Galileo Dispensary in Albuquerque. This is the chance for all of you retail establishments, cannabis businesses, you know, all of the ancillary businesses to come um, tell us and the legislators what's working, 
what's not working. So that way, when we start and write these bills, it's made for the industry by the industry instead of the legislators trying to figure out. We've already done this in Cruces and Sunland. We've got a lot of good data. Now we're going up to Albuquerque, our biggest market in the state that's within the state. Um, and we're going to try to figure out what's going on because you guys have a lot of dispensaries. And I'm curious to hear what all of you have to say up there and ways that we can suggest to you know help us work better. So oh, anyway, yeah. I wanted to mention that. Gents, thank you again for um, for joining me. If you guys would like to come to the town hall, let me know. I can get you the information. Um, the more, the better. Yeah, man. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure really you um, have some some good insights too, because you, you brought up some good points today as well. I'd love to hear. What real you quick, know. if I could, I'd like to you know just sure. recap again. You know, concert event. You know, we got the Mr. Melty Land, like Mark spoke about. Uh, we have Cubone, Snoop Dogg's personal chef, coming out to give some of his best munchie recipes and kind of do a little exhibition over there. Uh, so a lot of cool stuff and. Just want to give a big shout out to all of our sponsors, right? So Elevated, you know, Enchanted Botanicals, Stash Box, Assurance Laboratories, Headspace, uh, Dime, Fresh Picks. Uh, there's, a, there's a ton of them, right? Ghost Extracts, um, Pure Life, Sublime, The Clear, uh, Dreams. Uh, God, there's so many. But thank you to everybody who's come out and shown us love and, and uh, helped out with High Times and Future Promotions and the hustle make this thing, you know, a reality for New Mexico. So thank you and lots of love out to all of our supporters and uh, sponsors. And uh, thanks for having us on, man. We appreciate it. Yeah, for real. And and we hope everybody comes out. Go to CannabisCup.com. Get the details. Get your tickets. Uh, we got it this Saturday, December 9th, Rio yeah. Rancho Event Center. Doors at 3 p.m. Don't be late. You're going to want to be there from start to finish uh, to see all the award shows. See who's got the best win in New Mexico. Watch all the performing artists. Get your name or your face on the High Times Magazine cover with our High Times photo booth. And just more to come. Come see me and Joey on stage and yell at us and throw tomatoes at us. More yes. roses. Number <laughs> one. Yes. Number one. But we'll be there. And we hope to see all of you there as well. It's Christmas. I hope it's tamales. Yeah, at least you can eat them. <laughs> hey, that's very New Mexican. Yes. <laughs> but yes, thank you Enjoy. so much for having us, Chad. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Chad. Thank you, Kaz and Joy and, you know, and Julia all for joining me. It was a great conversation, and I, I really appreciate you guys. And I, I guess I'll see you all this weekend. Yeah, man. I look forward to it. We'll see, see you later, guys. Chad. Right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Later, see Chad. Thank you, everybody. Have a good good uh, holiday, and I'll see you all next season for season two. Shoots. All right.